Hi, everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories. I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Here we are again with another Chats with Shauna episode. Today we'll talk about my family's trip to the snow this past week, and hopefully within the chat I'll teach a lot of cool snow-related vocabulary. For those of you in the southern hemisphere, it might seem a bit strange to talk about cold weather, snow, and skiing, especially when it's midsummer and you're spending your days on the beach in the sun. But you can always save this episode and last week's episode and maybe next week's episode for later. <laughs> um, but anyway, before we jump into this sort of retelling of our snow trip, I'd like to correct a very blatant contradiction I made in episode number 29. A listener pointed this out to me, and I hadn't even realized the mistake before now. In the recording, I said I'd been very adamant, very uncertain, very hesitant about flying on an airplane with my daughter, Julia. This statement is bad because it sounds as if adamant is a synonym of hesitant or uncertain, and it is not. Adamant and uncertain are opposites. They're antonyms. If you are adamant, it means you are certain about something. For example, he was adamant that he could fix the faucet. He was certain he could fix the faucet. The teacher was adamant that the students learned the material well. In other words, the teacher was certain that the students learned the material well. In my recording, it would have been more appropriate if I had used unsure as a synonym for uncertain and hesitant. Thank you to whoever you are who commented on that podcast episode. I'm human, just like all of you. So let's jump into our snow trip. As I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm from Northern California. Up here, there are quite a few places to go skiing and snowboarding. The Sierra Nevada mountain range is where most people go. The mountain range actually is in central California to central eastern California, and apart from having three very famous national parks inside of it, I mentioned Yosemite before and Sequoia National Park, it also has the highest mountain peak in the U.S., Mount Whitney, which stands at 14,505 feet, which is equivalent to 4,421 meters. It also has the largest and deepest alpine lake in the U.S., which is Lake Tahoe. Now, Tahoe is where I've gone on vacation my entire life. It's a place that's only about two hours from where I live. And in summertime, you can rent jet skis there or paddle boats to go on the crystal blue lake. So you can spend time on the beaches and play volleyball and also go camping. Um, I think I mentioned that in a previous episode that we went there this summer and saw a few bears. <laughs> in wintertime, of course, you can stay there as well, but it actually has a lot of snow. There are log cabins that you can rent, many of them in the area surrounding the lake. 
And uh, of course, we always try and get one when we're there on snow trips that has a big fireplace and a cozy atmosphere to go back to after spending some time in the snow. Lake Tahoe, which is between California and Nevada, is surrounded by mountains and also really, really great ski resorts. Since some of our Brazilian friends were coming to visit, we decided to book a cozy Airbnb right next to multiple ski resorts on the Nevada side of the lake. Everyone was super excited. No one in the group had ever gone skiing before, apart from Lucas and I. No one had ever built a snowman, nor made a snow angel. No one had ever gotten in a snowball fight. So we were ready to do all of these things with them. In total, there were seven of us and two babies. Of course, it was funny trying to get them prepared last minute, right? They arrived to our city, Woodland, on Wednesday, and we found out that two of them had absolutely nothing for the snow. So we had to do some last minute shopping to get some water resistant gloves, snow boots, and uh, we looked for snow pants. Of course, you always have the option between snow pants and a snow bib, which is very, a very funny word. A bib is normally what you wear around your neck when you're a baby and you don't want to get food on your clothing. But when you're talk, we're talking about a snow bib, it just refers to water resistant overalls that you would wear in the snow. Um, they're very common, at least in my area of California. Beanies. Actually, one of them had a beanie and the other one did not. A beanie is a hat made usually of cotton, wool, or fleece, and that sort of hugs your head and keeps your ears and your head warm in cold weather. Everyone here wears beanies, especially when skiing, to keep their heads warm. We ended up getting all of the stuff for them, and uh, afterwards they felt pretty prepared. I, of course, have been borrowing my parents' snow clothes from the 1980s my entire adult life, and I'm pretty happy because recently it feels as if these sort of puffy fluorescent jackets and colorful beanies are back in style. So I think the first time in my entire life, my entire adult life at least, I actually feel like I'm in style in the snow. So that's pretty fun. After you feel like you're prepared for the snow, you realize if I plan on going skiing or snowboarding, I still need to get all of the equipment for that. And so we actually went online the night before we went to, I think it was called Diamond Peak Resort, and looked for rentals. Most ski resorts in the U.S. have rentals there. They're trying to earn more money by offering the poles for skiing, the skis themselves, and boots of course, snowboards as well. Many of them also rent helmets and goggles separately if you want them. The cool thing I learned is that both your rental price and your lift ticket will be much cheaper at most ski resorts if you book before you get there. For us, it was $44 for the rental equipment, which included the poles, the skis, and the boots, and $45 for the beginner lift tickets. Once again, this was at Diamond Peak Ski Resort, and that's a very, very good deal for the U.S. A lift is a device that moves along a cable and carries people, typically skiers and snowboarders, up and down a mountain. Lift tickets are sometimes cheaper for beginners, maybe between $40 and $70, 
And uh, for people that plan on going up higher in the mountain, for people who are intermediate or advanced skiers or snowboarders, it can be really anywhere from $80 to $200, depending on where you are in the United States. I actually looked on the websites for Aspen and Vail, which are two very popular ski resorts in Colorado. And the tickets just for the lift were between $150 and $200 for one day. So it's a pretty expensive sport. Um, if you do plan on going skiing, though, I found a website called Liftopia that sells lift tickets and gear for a huge, huge discount. So definitely check that out if you plan on going skiing or snowboarding in the U.S. Anyway, we booked beforehand to get the discount, and during checkout for the rentals, Patrick, uh, one of Lucas's friends, who speaks English perfectly, saw a checkbox uh, at the bottom of the page with the word goofy next to it. And he's like, what is this? Am I goofy? <laughs> what does this have to do with snowboarding or skiing? And actually has to do with snowboarding. Goofy is a term we use to describe someone who has their right foot in front when on a snowboard. So they go down the mountain with their right foot first. Beats me why we use the term goofy. I'm guessing most snowboarders go down the mountain with their left foot in front, but I'm not really sure. In any case, early the next morning, we left for Diamond Peak Ski Resort. And everyone had really high expectations, thinking it was going to be one of the best days of their lives. And it was a shit show. Excuse my language. <laughs> we went to the rental office. Everyone put on their ski boots and skis. And instead of going to the beginner area, which was, I'm sorry, but very obviously a beginner area because the run was almost flat and the skiers and snowboarders that were on it were moving like snails. So they were very, very slow. But anyway, they ended up taking the lift to the top of the intermediate slope. A slope is simply a surface where one side is higher than the other. An intermediate slope at a ski resort is definitely steeper than the beginner slope. Steep is an adjective used to describe a surface that is high on one side and low on the other. Something that is very steep is almost vertical. Something that is not steep at all is almost horizontal. Beginner slopes are not steep. Intermediate slopes are steeper than beginner slopes. And advanced slopes are the steepest of all. So in short, they could have gone on the beginner slope to learn the basics of skiing. For example, how to stand on skis, how to stop, how to maneuver them, how to use their knees and the poles. But they missed all of that part. Instead, they went straight up to the intermediate area. So after not seeing everyone for about an hour and a half, I went out looking and I saw my friend Andreza stuck in the middle of the run on her butt. Right? The run is that path that you follow when you're going down a ski slope. What looked like a five-year-old was giving her advice about what to do and apparently uh, had stopped about 10 times at that point in time, each time telling her, you again, you fell again. <laughs> so she was pretty embarrassed by that. She also reported what had gone on with everybody else. Uh, apparently, she had fallen off the ski lift right at the very end when she was supposed to get off. She kind of fell and landed awkwardly. 
And then Patrick had also. He apparently had landed in a zone that you're not supposed to enter and then hit his head on one of his skis. A few minutes later, Lucas came down the mountain and was really concerned that his wrist was broken because he had fallen so many times on his snowboard. Then (laughs) we all realized Chiago was missing. Eventually, after Chiago turned up, we heard what happened to him. He was like, yeah, so I took the wrong lift by accident and ended up in the advanced skiing area. He told the lift operator that he wanted to go back down on the lift, but the operator told him that he couldn't. Apparently, it's a liability. He said, no, you either have to go down this slope and pointed to one that was very steep or another one which was very curvy, where he would need to dodge poles like some of the other advanced skiers. At that point in time, he told the man, hey, you know what? I was a beginner. I was meant to be in the beginner area. This was an accident. And after enough begging, he was able to go back down the lift. He called it a walk of shame because a bunch of little kids who were going up and watching him come down were asking him what he was doing and kind of laughing at him. Um, so anyway, I'm curious if any of you have experienced something like this before. Please feel free to write your response on the Instagram post for this week's episode. You can find that under the handle American English Podcast. The following day, we woke up and made some yummy waffles, eggs, and bacon for breakfast, and then spent the day in Truckee which is a small, picturesque little town close to Tahoe. Truckee looks like a scene from a movie, with its old western-style storefronts, and it's set along railroad tracks with snow-capped mountains in the background. I like it because it has little boutique clothing stores, privately-owned shops that sell local art and artisanal goods, such as pottery and homemade soaps, and there's an overpriced chocolate shop that is amazing. When you walk in, you'll see someone stirring toffee in a big copper vat. There's a wall lined with caramel apples, each with different types of peanut toppings and chocolate toppings and caramel sauce, and an entire case of various types of fudge, which is a soft, moist, chocolatey dessert. I could get carried away talking about sweets, but if you haven't tried fudge or toffee, please do yourself a favor and order some online. It's very good. Yeah, so some of these little shops might not sound exciting to some of you. Lucas hates window shopping. This is when you go up to windows of storefronts, look inside, and don't go in. He is also not a fan of just browsing. Browsing is when you go into a shop and look at things, but there's no intent to actually purchase anything. It's a very common activity with my mom, my friends, and I. But uh, yeah, him and his friends were all waiting outside while we were browsing in some of the stores. We were in Truckee on Valentine's Day. The Brazilians in our group don't really think much of Valentine's Day just because there's another holiday in Brazil that serves kind of the same purpose, Dia dos Namorados, or Day of the Boyfriends and Girlfriends. Either way, I think they enjoyed wrapping up the day by grabbing some hot chocolates and then watching the sunset from one of the beaches. The last day of our trip came too soon, and we decided to spend it in the snow again. 
this time taking advantage of our sleds. A sled is a general term used to describe the vehicle that enables people or goods to move on ice or snow. Sometimes sleds look like saucers or discs, so they're circular. When they're long, like a hot dog, we call them a toboggan. Toboggan. Nowadays, most sleds are colorful and made of plastic, at least the ones we use to go sledding. In the past, I think a lot of them were made of wood. I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. Uh, One of the things I always told my students is that for some random reason, many sports in English that begin with S, such as sledding, swimming, snowboarding, skating, skiing, scuba diving, snorkeling, skydiving, etc., usually are accompanied with the verb go, right, beforehand. For example, Michael Phelps goes swimming before work. Sean White goes snowboarding during wintertime. Michelle Kwan goes skating on weekends. Of course, you would have to specify if you mean skateboarding, roller skating, or ice skating if it's not obvious from the context which type of skating the person does. Michelle Kwan is an ice skater, so it would suffice to simply say that she goes skating. And the list goes on, right? We went scuba diving in Florida. We went, right, past tense of go, snorkeling off the coast. You can also, of course, say I swim, I snowboard, I skate, and forget using the word go beforehand. But I really encourage my students to use it because it sounds more natural. For example, It sounds more natural to say we went skiing or we went snowboarding last weekend than simply I skied last weekend or I snowboarded last weekend. Both are fine, but yeah, try and use go a little bit more. There are exceptions to everything in English. Unfortunately, I'm sure you all know that by now. Um, And for this case, soccer and squash start with an S, but we use play with these sports. Either way, I think it's really great when I find some trends or when other teachers find trends with specific words because it simplifies the learning process and actually increases the chances of accuracy when trying to use the language. Anyway, like skiing, we go sledding on snowy mountain slopes. We were fortunate enough to find a mountain called Mount Rose that was covered in snow and spotted with fluorescent sleds. Ideally, it's best to go sledding when snow is powdery or fluffy. This is how we would describe snow after it has just fallen. It's new. It's pleasant. You can make a nice snow angel in powdery or fluffy snow because you can lay down in it and you kind of sink in. You create an indent and it's easy to make the angel form. Unfortunately for us, the snow wasn't powdery, it wasn't fluffy, not at all in fact. Snow hadn't fallen in the area in over a week, so what leftover snow could be seen had melted and refrozen a few times before we came to it. It was hard and icy and slippery to walk on, but you gotta work with what you got, right? And we did. We went flying down the mountain like little kids on crack. My parents did too. Uh, They came up for the day and it was pretty funny. 
seeing my dad laughing his head off as he spun in circles down the icy slope. And it made me realize no matter how old you are, sledding is just a fun activity. (laughs) It's pretty exhausting walking uphill just to come back down again without a lift. So after a while, it was time to build a snowman, complete with pine cones for eyes and three classic buttons down the chest. We gave him a name. We called him Ice Cube. (laughs) And also we put twigs for his nose and a mouth and branches shoved into his middle body section, his middle ball, to form the arms. Then, of course, we had a snowball fight, which left us very wet and cold. The day was sort of ending, but before heading back, we dug up some holes to eat some fresh snow, which brought back memories from my childhood. My parents used to pack juice with us on our snow trips, so my brother and I could make our own snow cones to eat while playing out in the snow. Snow cones are really, really the same thing as shaved ice. You can use both of those terms. Anyway, good memories. Next time, I just can't forget the juice. All in all, the weekend was a lot of fun. We didn't build a snow castle with icicles, (laughs) unfortunately. We didn't get caught in an avalanche or a blizzard, fortunately. I read in the news that two men died in an avalanche this weekend in Colorado, which is horrible news. There wasn't heavy snowfall where we were. We didn't need to shovel the driveways to get our car out. We didn't even need to put chains to drive through the snow because there wasn't really snow on the roads, nor scrape ice off our car windows. I'd say we got really lucky in terms of weather. It was around 40 degrees most days and then a little bit colder up in the mountains. Um, Yeah, so that's it. As always, if you'd like the transcript for this episode, you can access it at AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Also today, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you like this podcast and it has helped you learn English a little bit better, please leave me a review on iTunes or whichever podcast player you are using. I'd be incredibly grateful. I see all of these reviews. I see all of your comments and they truly make my day, really. So hope you're having a good one. I hope you're enjoying the snow if you're there. And until next time, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.